welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is July 15th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are joined by Deanna Jewell with the Pregnancy Center Network. We are so grateful for our partnership with the Pregnancy Center Network, specifically in the triangle of the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina. But the Pregnancy Center Network has also done amazing things in partnership to really help minister to women. And we wanted to hear especially from them about how COVID COVID-19 and how 2020 has been for crisis pregnancy centers as we remember to pray for crisis pregnancy centers as they care for the needy, the vulnerable women in our midst. And before we get to uh, hearing from Deanna, I want to remind you of Lifeline's pregnancy counseling services. Standing on the foundation of how Lifeline was started, we remain committed to women that find themselves in unexpected pregnancy. So if you or someone you know is in this situation, please share share the link to our website, pregnant.lifelinechild.org. Again, that's pregnant.lifelinechild.org. Our pregnancy counselors are standing by to walk with these beautiful women through a trying time in their lives. If they go to the site, pregnant.lifelinechild.org, they can actually chat with one of our counselors from the website as we want to care for them. We want to show them the sanctity of life and help them choose life for their child that's in their womb. Well, we're grateful today to have the Pregnancy Network focus on our Defender podcast. And the Pregnancy Network is a Christian multi-denomination 501c3 organization seeking to serve women who need help facing their unplanned pregnancy without fear. Their services are for anyone, regardless of age, race, religion. And they focus on empowering women to face their unplanned pregnancies without fear. The Pregnancy Network cares for the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of individuals by embodying Christian principles and values. They support individuals before, during, and after an unplanned pregnancy by providing medical services, education, resources, and mentoring. And so today we are joined by Deanna Jewell, who is the Senior Director of Health and Client Services at the Pregnancy Network. Deanna has a bachelor's degree in ministry to women from Moody Bible Institute and is currently pursuing a Master of, of Arts in Ministry to Women from Southeastern Theological Seminary. Deanna loves training and equipping staff and volunteers to empower women to choose life. And today, I, I, I'm so thrilled, Deanna, to have you on. Uh, this is such a close and dear ministry to our family. Uh, even 17 years ago, when I started here at Lifeline, the catalyst of that was my wife, who was serving as a pregnancy test center director and caring for women in crisis. So can you give us just a little bit uh, more information on the services that you offer men and women at your center? Absolutely. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the Pregnancy Network and a little bit about what we do and who we are. Um, so services we offer, uh, you already are touched on a little bit, but our medical services, so we have um, free pregnancy testing, STD testing, and limited OB ultrasounds. As far as our education and resources, we have a Pregnancy 101 class for women who are pregnant and planning to parent. 
Um, so they go over things like car seat safety, what's packed for the hospital, labor and delivery, breastfeeding, things like that. And then we have a parenting one-on-one class that we want those clients to come back for um, and learning how to parent that child at zero to 18 months. So talking about things like um, infant CPR and baby blues and um, budgeting and finances and things like that. And every time that a woman comes to one of our classes, they're going to leave that night with resources. So we have diapers and wipes that people have donated, um, maternity clothes, baby clothes, um, you know, bottles and all those things. And on the last night, they typically get a larger furniture type item. Um, and we also have community referrals, you know, if a woman um, needs help with something outside of those um, things. And then lastly, we have a mentorship program, which connects um, the women that come to our center with a woman at a local church to really, we just frame it as doing life with someone um, and getting to have that healthy support network that I know um, I've really, um, you know, received a lot of um, it's been a big part of my life, having that support network of a, of a church and women in the local church. So um, really connecting her with someone from there so that she has that long-term support and not just the support during the pregnancy, but also after. Yeah, and mentorship and, and just being there with these women and men during this time of difficulty is such a, a big thing. And it's a, it's a it's a picture of what Christ did in his ministry of bringing people in and loving on them and caring for them and investing in them. Uh, what are some successes that y'all have seen specifically from those women that have taken advantage of this mentorship program? Uh, one of the coolest stories I think was a woman who went through the mentorship program and our hope would be, you know, that she would end up, if she didn't have a relationship with Christ would maybe start one or um, maybe um, some of our clients do have a relationship with Christ, but aren't living um, maybe according to the way that they should so that they would start doing that. Um, and one of the women got connected um, to Lawndale Baptist Church, a church in our area, and ended up, our hope would be that, you know, she would then make disciples and bring people in. And that's what we got to see her doing. She's volunteering at VBS at the church. And so that was something that um, I think it's just a really cool story that will stick with me of seeing her then making disciples of the next generation because we had gotten her connected and discipled. Um, so that's one of the coolest stories that I can remember. Yeah, and certainly, you know, when you invest and, and churches invest in these women's lives in such an impactful way, it really does carry forward because, you know, the services that your center offers and so many other centers like it offer are critical and crucial. Um, but when you can go that next step with the mentorship, it just solidifies a lot of those relationships. So we talked a lot about those women who, you know, have come into your center and have decided to provide life for their child. Uh, you know, they've gone through the mentoring, the services that you offer. But walk us through a little bit of a woman that comes in and is considering abortion. How do you care for her and what is that frontline ministry for her? Absolutely. Yeah, so every woman right now has the choice to either carry to term and parent, carry to term and make that adoption plan or have an abortion. Um, and so we 
I want to reach all of those women, specifically the women that feel like abortion is their only option. We feel like in the years of, of doing life with women and talking with them, a lot of times they make that choice out of fear. And so they really feel like abortion is their only option because maybe they're finishing their degree or because of finances or work circumstances, or maybe the father of the baby isn't going to be in the picture. They don't want him in the picture. Um, so all these different things really feed into that fear and makes it seem like abortion really is their only option. And so we want to meet those women where they are. Um, we want to address those fears. Those are real things, legitimate things to be thinking through and um, trying to figure out a plan for what to do when bringing a new child um, into the world. So we want to make sure she's equipped with the resources and referrals that she needs so that those don't have, she doesn't have to be afraid anymore. Those don't have to be um, the things that make her feel like abortion is her only option. And so we meet her, you know, immediate physical needs, which would be those medical services, the pregnancy test. Let's make sure you're even pregnant because a lot of times they may not know yet um, for sure with a doctor's grade pregnancy test. And then let's see how far along you are, um, you know, and what your estimated due date is because obviously fetal development and everything is very important in this conversation. So meeting those medical service needs, um, but then meeting her emotional um, and practical and spiritual needs as well so that she feels equipped and empowered to be able to choose life. Um, so that's kind of how we meet those abortion-minded women is just enter into whatever um, emotions they're dealing with, circumstances, try to address those, let her know she's not alone and that she can do it and we're going to help her along the way. Yeah, and, and certainly I know because I, I've seen firsthand, I, I've told the story to folks before that uh, I remember I was, I was practicing as a CPA, uh, doing auditing, and my wife would come home and talk about all the abortion-minded clients that had come into the center. And we would pray for these women by name. Uh, we would uh, reach out to them in ways if, if they gave us their permission to do so. Um, but it's so essential, the fight for life, what the Pregnancy Network is doing and other pregnancy centers are doing. Can you talk a little bit about why you believe these services are so essential in being pro-life and in fighting for life? Yeah, I think it's really essential. We have um, kind of what we call, we adopted it from um, an organization that we're under an umbrella, the Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And what, how they articulate it is their methodology is mom, baby, God. And so that really is just what we were already doing here on the center, but then um, also do that on the sidewalk. And I think these services are so essential because you have to, you have to meet the women where they are and what's going on in their life and give them the help, the practical help that they, that they're, that they need. Um, because if baby, you know, if we're only addressing baby and talking about, you know, how many we're trying to save babies here, you know, we never really use that language because if the baby could choose, it would choose not to die. Um, and so we really have to talk to mom, meet her where she is, love on her, help her, give her hope. Um, and baby will come right along with mom. That's really what we believe. And so that's why I think these services are so essential is because you really have to talk with mom. Baby, we believe, will come with her when she's empowered and feels equipped to do this. And then we can talk about those spiritual matters as well and share the gospel with her and that, that true eternal hope that we have um, and that help that can't be found in the choice of abortion. Yeah. 
and and I know that uh, even as we've been talking about these women, especially those that are abortion minded, or who a lot of times they they really they don't know where else to turn. Uh, right. They feel like uh, there's there's hopelessness, and they're thinking in their in their thought process that they want to do what's best, uh, right. even though we know that that abortion is never best. In their minds, they're thinking, "I have no mechanism by which to take care of this child." Yeah. And we know as well that COVID nineteen has made that desperation even more severe. And I know for our ministry, we have seen an uptick in women calling us uh, because they've lost their job because uh, the, their hopeless situation has become that much more hopeless. How has COVID-19 affected your clients and affected your center, both from, from staying open, uh, but also by the women that you're seeing? Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as staying open, you know, a lot of um, our kind of typical woman that comes to our center is a college-age woman, and all the colleges closed, everyone went home. And so, a part of me, you know, kind of aches and worries and wonders um, where those women are getting the help because we're right here across the street from one of the, you know, the biggest universities in, in our city. And so I do, I do worry about those women. They, they left and life is going on for them just because, you know, our, our, our stores and hair salons closed. Um, abortion centers didn't close. Women, you know, didn't stop finding out that they were pregnant. And like you said, yeah, it's a, a lot more dire now when you have everyone in our country is afraid. And then you're finding out you're pregnant on top of that um, just adds to that, that fear and that worry um, and anxiety, really. And I've seen that as far as the women that we're serving, no matter um, carried to term or still undecided about what they want to do or abortion minded. Um, yeah, there's a lot more worry. I think they really want, no matter what their circumstance, to know that everything is going to be okay. Um, we hear that a lot is, can I come in? I just want X, Y, Z. I want to know that everything's going to be okay. Um, and so trying to speak into them and let them know, you know, it's all right. Um, you know, based on X, Y, Z, um, or okay, come in, let's, you know, let's give you that reassurance that you're looking for. Um, so that's kind of how I've seen definitely that um, fear and anxiety, no matter what a woman's circumstance, um, has just been ramped up um, in light of COVID. And even, uh, you know, as I think about centers, y'all run so much off of partnership with churches and, and believers, and, and I know that that's been affected from COVID-19. But even right. as we begin to look past this global pandemic and start to see life kind of ease back into normalcy. What are ways that the church engages with your mission? And what is the ways that churches can engage with both the pregnancy network as well as other local crisis pregnancy centers? What, what, are, what are some tangible, practical things that the church can be doing? Absolutely. We talk about it a few different ways. One would be to pray for our ministry. Um, it's a spiritual warfare that we're a part of. Um, and I think a lot of times we kind of forget about that or dismiss it. Um, and I think over the last year or so, um, at least of my time here, I've really um, realized my naivety about that, um, that this really is spiritual warfare and Satan is working his lies um, among these women and in our culture and in our world. Um, surrounding this topic. And um, so definitely being 
prayerful for um, us, our volunteers, the women coming here um, just for this minute for finances, all of those things. Um, next, we would ask that the church can volunteer. Um, we, we talk about it here that we are volunteer led and supported by our staff. And so volunteers are in every aspect of our ministry. They're doing those pregnancy tests and STD appointments with our clients. They're teaching those classes. They're doing life with our, our clients um, and mentorship. They're out on the sidewalk. Um, they're getting stuff ready for our fundraisers. They're behind the scenes, um, you know, making copies and things that our, our clients get for resources. And so um, that's a huge way that the church can help is by volunteering and just giving some of your time. And we have 16 plus ways that you can volunteer. You know, um, I think a lot of times in the pregnancy care center world, it can be like, oh, well, I've got to, you know, be talking to a woman. That's the only way I can serve. And um, that's not true. There's lots of ways we realize that everyone has different gifting and talents and things that they're interested in. And there's a, there's a place for you here. Um, so just know that no matter where you're at, whether you've been experienced with a care center or not, um, you can be used. And so just show up and volunteer. Um, and lastly, financially support us. Like you said, we are a nonprofit and we run on donations from churches and individuals. Um, we don't get, you know, government funding or things like that. And so it really is the financial support of the church that keeps us going. And we know that we are not the church, um, but we're here to help the church. And um, to, you know, we talk about to our volunteers is, is we're trying to empower you as a Christian to do what you've been called to do, which is to make disciples. So come here. Here's a perfect way where you can share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, every time that you're in an appointment um, or through the way that you're serving, you know. And so really just trying to empower Christians as we empower clients um, here at the Pregnancy Network. Um, and the thing, even just to touch on that, that's such an essential thing and a part of what the Pregnancy Network does, which is to make the gospel known to these women that are coming right. in. And a lot of times, you know, as a church, we, we want to be more evangelical, um, you know, but, but many times, even sometimes we go knocking on doors. These are women that are coming to the center looking for services at a vulnerable place right. where the gospel intersects their story. Uh, and, and many times you know, the Lord has prepared them for that gospel presentation. So talk yeah. about why the gospel is so central to uh, your to, to the services that you bring, um, how what it looks like to share the gospel with your clients, and, and why that is such a, a, a core competency of the Pregnancy Network. Yeah, I really feel like here at the Pregnancy Network, we're doing what Jesus did when he was walking on earth is he met people's physical needs. He, he fed them. He, um, he healed them. And it was always to bring them into a relationship with himself. And so that's what we feel like we're doing is we're meeting physical needs ultimately to meet these women's spiritual need, which we know is Jesus is ultimately all these things are just, um, you know, symptomatic of a deeper issue, which is their need for Jesus. And so how we share the gospel here is a lot of women, you know, um, we're in the Bible belt here in North Carolina. And so, um, a lot of them have some understanding of um, the Bible or have maybe been in church or they've got a grandfather that's a pastor or something like that. So we've got a little bit of understanding, but really sharing with them, um, we always ask, you know, can we share with you what we believe? But um, starting from the very beginning, we say, you know, we believe that God created the world and everything in it, and it was perfect. And he created man and woman, and he had a perfect close relationship with them. 
Um, but unfortunately, they rebelled. They disobeyed. They thought they knew better. And so that separated them from a relationship with him because he's God. He's perfect. He couldn't do life with them anymore. And so what he did is he decided to send his son, Jesus, um, to come and live on this earth, a perfect life that we couldn't live and die that death that we deserve for that rebellion um, and raise again three days later so that now we can be in a relationship with him um, again. We're no longer separated. And, and that's the hope that we have. Um, and all we have to do is believe and accept that um, and start following in the ways that he's asked us to. And we can spend forever with him. And that's our, that's our hope. And so that's what we share with our, um, the women that come in here and we ask them, you know, is that something that you've, heard before? Does that sound familiar? Is that something you would like to learn more about? Um, and then obviously kind of, you know, talking to them about that mentorship program. And if that's something that they're interested in um, delving deeper into, um, that would be a perfect way to do that. And that's so essential uh, in so many different ways to meet these women and to remember that the women that come into our center are not just going through physical difficulties. There is right. mental and psychological uh, difficulties that they go through and spiritually they're broken many times. And so when your counselor, when, when you guys are going into these counseling rooms, you know that you're finding women that are broken in many ways. And, yeah. Uh, what a great opportunity to meet their greatest need, their spiritual needs, mm -hmm. which can also help them with their physical and emotional needs as well. Um, yeah, we find that with our um, abortion recovery program as well. We let women know, like, you know, please come back to us um, if abortion is your choice. We're still here to love you and be there for you, and we want you to find that healing that so many women that we've talked to really need. Um, to find after an abortion choice. And so there is freedom to be found in healing in that relationship with Christ. Yeah. And, and, and with that, do talk a little bit more because the statistics are staggering of how many women have experienced abortion and, and many of them have hidden that deep down in their soul for many years and, and maybe uh, outside of a, of a boyfriend or, or maybe not even the boyfriend, no one knows except for them and that abortion yeah. provider. Um, and we know that, that that brings guilt and shame at some point in their life. They may suppress it for a long time, but there's brokenness. We know from a biblical worldview, it was never meant uh, for a woman to lose the child in her womb. I mean, women who have miscarriages live with that for years and years and the heartache um, really never leaves them um, for the days of their life. And we know that even these women who are willfully choosing abortion, that this decision stays with them for a lifetime. Talk about the re abortion recovery and why it's so essential and important and the gospel avenues that are opened up to that. Yeah, I definitely think um, it's a place where um, women can come. A lot of times it ends up being in a small group setting, which I think is really helpful for the reason that they have felt so alone um, and isolated for so many years, typically. Um, and so I think it's a place where they can, it's safe, and they can look and say, I'm not alone. Here's somebody else that made this choice. Um, this isn't the unforgivable sin. Um, you know, here are people that can relate to um, my decision and why I felt like I had to make that decision and um, what I've been going through for the last however many years. Um, so I think that's so important um, that these women have a safe place that they feel um, that they're not alone um, and they realize that and um, can talk about their stories openly. Um, I think because it is kind of that 
taboo topic typically still in the church. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to some of my volunteers, post-supportive volunteers who have decided now, you know, to start sharing in small group settings and their responses aren't always the most graceful. Um, and so they're learning to give grace, um, in those circumstances, but I think having that abortion recovery um, period and people that you meet, knowing that, you know, as I share my story and what I did, I'm not going to be getting, you know, looks or comments or unsensitive um, reactions to um, my choices and, and what I did. And so I think that's just so important. And yeah, really the, the healing and the freedom of that shame and that guilt um, I think is just um, invaluable um, just talking with my post-abortive volunteers and how their life, even how their, their kids are out of the house. Um, but it's changed how they, you know, even parent um, now um, how, you know, the relationship with their spouse or other people and um, just seeing them then use that story for God's glory. Um, and they're out there on the sidewalk talking with women because they know exactly what they're going through. And they can say, look, I don't want you to go through the pain that I've been going through. Um, or they're in here in, in the advocate rooms talking with women who are finding out they're pregnant. And, and they can say, look, I get it. I was right in your, I was in your shoes. And I'm here to say, I don't want you to go through, you know, I don't even really know you. I've just met you, but I don't want you to have to go through what I have gone through. And, and please, you know, this is, I would hope that you don't make this choice um, because of the, the hurt that I've experienced. So I think that in order for them to come around to that place of being able to help others, um, kind of that whole oxygen mask on yourself before you um, help the other person next to you, that's really what the abortion recovery program does. Um, and I've seen over the last few years is really give them life again so that they can start helping other people. Amen. That's a, that's such a powerful ministry. Well, lastly, Deanna, you know, I, I know for a fact, both from my wife's uh, work in the pregnancy center, as well as just uh, being at Lifeline now for 17 years, you know, most outsiders would think, well, why aren't these women placing for adoption that want to have an abortion? Um, but we know that so many of these women come in and the bad word to them is adoption, not abortion. Right. Uh, right. They're, they're much more likely to talk about an abortion than they are an adoption because adoption right. is like quitting or it feels too difficult or it's too hard. Um, but I know that our crisis pregnancy centers are still presenting adoption uh, yeah. where a woman will listen and where it's appropriate. So talk about why it, uh, talk about why these women are resistant to adoption and how uh, your center and others are still presenting that option where appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think they're resistant because um, there's a lot of kind of stigma or misunderstandings um, about adoption. Um, and also, yes, we both know, you know, studies show that women think it's um, abortion is the least of the three evils, which would be parenting, adoption, or abortion, and um, for different reasons. And the women that we talk to when we do get the chance to um, ask about adoption, what they would think about that, if they would consider that option is, oh, I could never do that after nine months. Um, and I think, um, you know, that's kind of what we try to do is point out that inconsistency. Um, that right now you're willing to give up your child um, in the womb, but in nine months, once um, he or she is out of the womb, you would be unable to do that. And so that's really where we're going to try to point out those inconsistencies um, and figure out why that is. Why, why now and not nine months from now? 
Um, and so I think it can be, um, yeah, confusing and frustrating for Christians um, to try to understand that um, thinking and the mindset that women have when they're in this situation. Um, but we definitely want to still present it as it is a brave choice. Um, no matter what her choice, it's going to be hard. If she parents, if she makes an adoption plan, if she has an abortion, there's no really easy route. Um, each one is going to have its own difficulties. Um, and so even just telling her that, like, hey, we realize this is going to, you know, no matter what you choose, it's going to be difficult. Um, but letting her know that adoption is a brave choice, um, it's a selfless choice, and um, that we will commend her for making um, that difficult choice and letting her know as well. I think one of the reasons why we partner with Lifeline is that y'all are so birth mother focused and um, you really care about her and love her. And one of the ways that you do that is having open adoptions and she gets to, um, you know, figure out what that looks like for her and that um, adoptive family. Um, and so even talking with her about that of, Hey, you get to decide what this looks like, how much contact you have. So you don't have to completely, you know, shut out this child from your life. You can still be involved and you get to choose, um, how involved you can be. And, um, so really, yeah, just trying to help her, um, think through and talk about, um, what is adoption and what that would look like for her. Well, Deanna, we are grateful for, for your ministry there at the Pregnancy Network, as well as all of those that make up the Pregnancy Network. We're grateful for pregnancy centers, not just yours in North Carolina, but all around our country. They're on the front lines uh, defending life and loving on women. So thank you for joining us and thank you for your services. And I, I would tell all listeners, please look up your local crisis pregnancy center. If you're in North Carolina, look up the Pregnancy Network. They need you. They need your prayers. They need your support, both financially as well as spiritually. Um, and they need your time and energy to volunteer. Uh, that's what helps these centers to go. And so we're grateful for our crisis pregnancy centers and we're grateful for the Pregnancy Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. <music>